Ham like ham or ham with two M's, like the beer? We're, we're, we're ham fans. Okay, we all should know. It's fans of the ham. Yeah. And what's his name? Slade Ham. Yes. Is he a guest today on Slap? But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. It's our first guest today, our first caller. First call, first caller. First and last caller. Yes. Chad, what episode is this? He's not, <laughs> what episode is this? He's not telling you. <laughs> He's not telling us. Uh, it runs with a 70. Hey, Slade. There he is. What's up, brother? How are you? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. My, uh, my, my coffee's topping off. Let me grab it real fast, and then uh, I'm good to go. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> man. You're catching up with Thank, us. Hang tight. We still don't know what episode this is, though. That's a good question. <laughs> is this 79? No. No. It's, I think it's 83. 83? Is it 83? Hold no. on a second. Let me, let me pull it up. You're just guessing. Am I going to be... I'm visible, right? You are visible. Uh, for um, me... Let me switch cameras real fast. This okay. is running off my laptop. I've got this, this guy's got it right, together, yeah, man. He's got he's, coffee. He's got cameras. Yeah. He's got... Slate is incredibly savvy. It's all set up over there. Yeah. And he's also got a dungeon uh, with young ladies. We're not going to talk about that. And that's where the cameras come in. The They're, not young. <laughs> They're not young. <laughs> They're not young. <laughs> Episode 83. 83. That's what I was going to say. 70, 83. That, that's what I named oh, the know. session, but I didn't trust myself because I did it last night. Nobody trusts yourself, Chad, especially last night. 83, I was a freshman in high school. Wow. I think. I wasn't even born yet. All right, I'm good. Cool. Yeah, coffee. Excellent. I'm locked and loaded. So, uh, so Slade, this is, this is Eric C. Hughes, our drummer. Uh, uh, Eric C. Hughes, our drummer. This is Slade Ham. Hey, Slade. Slade. First Hi. time ever talking. Hi. Hi, Eric. It's nice to meet you uh, off camera. Likewise. <laughs> uh, welcome, Slade. Thank you so much for, for, for calling in this, this bright and cheerful morning. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you. I, your name was the first to come up when we started batting around the idea. Like, hey, wait a minute. Who do we, you know? So, uh, uh, honored, honored. Very, very cool to have you. Hey, uh, so I, I, um, I, I want to. Just start rolling with a couple of uh, Slade-isms, you know, Slade facts, and just let's get some of these myths taken care of right now. It is it is true that you that you've saved Houston from you know you know imminent danger, you know, probably on a, on a regular basis, right? <laughs> twice, twice that were big, and then uh, the rest are just little things. You know, you sneak out in the middle of the night, you're just, bored, you can't sleep. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. So I are, heard are, pearls fall. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you from here? Are you from Houston? I'm from Beaumont, so oh. I grew up uh, seventy miles east of here, and Orange before that. So I've just making I've been making these little subtle, uh, <laughs> progressive steps west since I was born. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a, two two very good moves, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm te I'm Texas through and through, man. This is uh, I was raised in that little southeast Texas town. I grew up, you know, creeks and pickup trucks and all that stuff and then yeah here i am in houston man like the, this is this is the middle of the road this is where this is where everybody's civilized but they're still willing to go out and do uncivilized things beaumont was just uncivilized all the time <laughs> <laughs> i heard i heard you on with uh, doug stanhope on your uh, whiskey brothers <laughs> uh, which we're going to get to as well but i heard i, I uh, beaumont took my that hurricane laurel was easy on beaumont compared to uh, what, the way you guys hit it God, man, we went through uh, when we went through Hurricane Rita there. That was the uh, that was the rough one. And Beaumont, man, I just remember people people were somebody broke into my house uh, during that during that stretch, and they uh, they just stole muffins. It was very polite. <laughs> they they came in, they took muffins, and they left, and everything wow. else was untouched. 
Yeah. But, but I mean, in, in fairness, you do have good muffins. I mean, they were great muffins, Patty. They were fantastic muffins. And I laid them out all sexy on the counter and everything. Yeah. See, now, now all I'm going to do is just <laughs> put them in a little muffin bikini and uh, I put them in the oven so they came out hot and sweaty. And then I left them there and I left for a week. God. And when I came back, of course they were gone. Stupid oh, muffins. That's hilarious. The sprinkler like that. <laughs> Now all I want is Vaseline and muffins. God damn it. All right. uh, uh, so, Title. so, so, so when did you come to Houston? I moved, well, so I moved here. Uh, I, I'd been coming to Houston. Houston is where I, it's like my comedy home. I was coming here. Uh, I started in 2000. So I was driving in three days a week to do stand up. This, I, I spent more, almost more time in Houston than I did when I started in Beaumont. And since then I, I moved to LA, blah, blah, blah. I came back here in 2008. Well, my dad went in the hospital and then when he passed away, I just sort of, you know, this felt like the place I needed to be. And, uh, I've been here ever since quite happy. Yeah. Good, good move. Good. Well, we're, we're, we're lucky to have you. And I, and I you, um, you know, we'll, we'll go through, we'll go through your, uh, you know, I want to, I want to talk about all your, your, your comedy, your life and whatnot. We, we just, you know, being in a band and we, you know, we've talked about this many times. Oh yes. Uh, you know, just the similarities between our, our schedules so many parallels. Yeah. So many. Yeah. And, and we've, you know, I, we've only seen you, 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 we've only seen you play once was when we well, f- first met. We overlap. Like it's you guys, we're all working weekends. There's a, mm-hmm. I think in the history of us knowing each other, which has been a while, um, I've probably been to three shows. It's just the yeah. you know, Fridays and Saturday nights. That's where yeah. we're on. We're on our own stages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suck. Yeah. Um, now, are you, are you, and obviously with the shutdown, you're, 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 you're stuck home as well. Are you using this for any, any, uh, I, I have Patty, I have been busier in the last six months than I was in the previous six years. Uh, and it's a, I know how I work. I think is the, it's the trick. I finally figured I've never been left to my own devices like this for, for this long. Like you're never just left with your head. I've been, I, I average 20 countries a year. That's the, that's, that's how frequently I'm on the road. And you guys know as well, man, we're in cars every week. We're traveling every week. We're on planes every week. We're on state. You're distracted, this and that. And then all of a sudden the world shuts down like, and I'm a bachelor. I live alone. It's just me in the house <laughs> with my thoughts. <laughs> and you're like, I can't do this for six months. So <laughs> I've just, I've written, I've written a new, uh, I've written a new, what I think is an hour of stand up. We'll see because it's not stand up until you do it on stage. Uh, but I've got what I think is a brand new hour show. I just did, we're wrapping production on a, a new podcast series called Eyes on the Ground that is a look at basically creativity it's uh it's stand-up comedy centric but i've got some musicians on there and cool. some uh some des- web designers and some pr- uh promoters and so- a lot of different uh i talked to christopher titus i talked to uh my buddy jason knight who made knives on forged in fire like a series there's a whole bunch of different types of creative guys and i sat them down to try and distill how they work in the hopes that it would help me work better and what i ended up with was this incredible podcast series and my buddy brian carrion is scoring it right now and it'll come out in october Fantastic. and then i'm about two-thirds of the way through the second book right now so it's a and then I'm making these, I'm doing a bunch of travelogue stuff. I'm just trying to keep myself active so that I don't fall into the 400 pound life on the couch that I'm likely to do if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Those muffins, I'm telling you. Yeah. Muffins and Vaseline, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, put a, I, I put them in the hard way. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I eat them in reverse. It's. <laughs> oh. I, it, it, it can only go up from here. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So, so and Christopher Titus, man, another another uh, f- f- favorite of mine. I've just. I. I, I and and the thing. The, the thing. The. The parallel I would, between you and and um, somebody like Christopher Titus would be, uh, what I love is your honesty. Your, uh, you know, people comics that do their that do their routine and it's nothing to do with them, uh, right? You know, and I, I would say Larry the Cable Guy, except he's not a comedian. He's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just he's just vomiting words. But uh, in in my opinion, but your 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 comment your comedy is so honest and it's so it's just so. You know, I appreciate that. It's it's it, 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 it man's the truth. We because we so we met in and we've told Eric this story. Uh, we met in Lake Somerville at the uh, bike rally. <laughs> oh yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I still, I still limp. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you wouldn't mind, if you would, if you would let us, if you would just uh, just tell us the limp story. Uh, Eric's on one leg today, so uh, we. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. What what did you do? Yard work. Yard work. <laughs> oh, that's, the older we get, man, my back was messed up for a week from a sneeze. Like, I don't even, I've just given up. I used to, I used to do such amazing things, and now I'm like, did I, did I reach for that wrong? I, guess I, was, <laughs> I was, I was, so this was, my God, I just moved to Houston, so this was, this was right around 2008, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Um, and Lake Somerville is, and this, this is funny because I brought Sam Damaris with me, who's another young, uh, not young anymore, but uh, a very funny comic. Brilliant. Black dude, dreadlocks halfway down his back. Uh, he's, he's like, like a, just a monster on stage. And we went out, and I don't even know if you know this part, Patty. Uh, the, as we rolled out, I called Sam up and I go, hey, you're my best friend. You're my road opener. I need you for a gig. And he goes, what is it? And I go, I'll tell you when we get there. <laughs> And I, I, we, we, <laughs> I go, go north. So we, <laughs> we we drive to the venue to the, the venue to the field where the where the where the show is where the, the rally is. And as we pull out, Sam's like, this is a biker rally, isn't it? And I'm like, it is a biker rally. <laughs> and the 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 road leading in to Lake Somerville was lined by Dale Earnhardt flags uh, of a Confederate nature. So you had the Confederate flag with the number three on it. And I don't know why, maybe Dale had just died. I don't remember when that even happened. But for some reason, these things were everywhere. And we're driving down and Sam's like, there's a lot of Confederate flags. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 and then we get get there and it's daytime. We had, you guys played later. We were playing earlier in the day. And uh, I remember I was like, this is, there's no way Sam is going to pull this off. This is just rowdy bikers, and he is the only black dude within 200 miles of here. And let's just see. And I've never seen anybody so confident. And he walks up on stage, and he looks out at this field of bikers, and he looks around at the flags, and he goes, I see a lot of Confederate flags with the number three on them. (laughs) If I disappear and y'all change that to a four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that crowd woke up so mm-hmm. quickly and revved the engines and Sam had a great I don't even know that I followed him that well. It was uh and then later on that evening you guys played and I I don't dance but I do hop. <laughs> uh I don't I don't have any rhythm whatsoever. I look like a dude who just got like got tased. tased. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I hop 
And I was, you guys were playing and I was happily hopping. And then there was a moment where I thought someone had hit me in the back of the ankle with a shovel. Like it, that's what it felt like. I've never, that's never happened. But if you ask me to put together <laughs> what I felt like all the stuff that would feel if you got hit in the back of the angle with a shot, all oh, right there, I just dropped and I was, I was prepared to get up and do so. I was, cause I was drinking a lot and I, I stood up and then I couldn't stand up and my ankle kept going out. I was like, something is wrong with my leg. <laughs> and they dragged me over because it's Lake Somerville in the middle of nowhere. Our options were one, drive back to a city and get this looked at or two, which is what we went with and what they, they offered us was a golf cart and a handle of Jack Daniels. Mm. And <laughs> I propped my leg up on that golf cart and I drank that handle and I watched the rest of y'all's show. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. That was, that, that, that was, I mean, to, to see Sam Damaris walk out on that stage was oh, something God. to behold. I mean, I, I mean, he, he is, he, in, in every right, he is the most confident man I've, I've you know, that, that, that you're going to meet. But on mm-hmm. that day, he just he he took off because nobody knew that. I mean, and again, we want to talk about we want to we want to talk about with comedians. I think you've got the the hardest job in the world in that we have each other. We walk onto a stage and we you know we can you know I can yes. Eric can throw something at me or I can we, we can you know Chad will will you know a and lot look, of the time the, yeah anybody can it, it's the there's a certain element of control to stand up that I enjoy because like you, like you said, it's, it's easy to look over at Chad and blame, you know, Oh, we'll just blame the show on Chad. You're yes. off. What was wrong? It wasn't me. That's, that's easy <laughs> Story to do. In my life. With, yeah. <laughs> with, with stand up, you're just up there. It's just you. And the good side, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, everything balances out when mm-hmm. you're, when you eat it, you're eating it alone. But when you win, it's a hundred, like there's, it's, yes. it's a very difficult thing to explain. I mean, you guys know y'all, y'all played solo gigs and stuff before, but when you're just it, on the stage and it's really working you don't you don't have to pretend you're like man did i do this yeah hell yeah i did this this was me this was all me there's nobody else up here i wrote this i performed this and i i, I little red-handed all the way through yeah yeah i i i still even 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 with that it's still the 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 solitary writing and the and then you're having to bounce this off you know real people in real time and see that reaction it just, well, now when you when you guys when you guys write, um, is it is it a completely collaborative effort? No, or, or no, no, it, and it, and, it, it, and that's changing. Believe it or not, we 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 rehearsed for the first time in months uh, a few nights ago, and we were supposed to get to a song that uh, it was just an idea that I have, but and I purposely left it in parts because I just left, you know, I didn't assemble anything in the song because I wanted right. to bring it to the, of course we ran out of time because we haven't played since March, uh, beginning I of March. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So we didn't touch it. You know, we didn't, there's something, there's something too though, this, this being off in the way it sort of forces you to reboot your process because six, however long you guys have gone without rehearsal and why would you, there's no shows, there's no, yeah. there's, there's no reason. So, for me, anyway, it was the I did my first show back uh, since February um, last Saturday. My first time back on stage, like I had no idea where was I. It was in uh, where did I, it was uh, Canyon Lake. Like, I want to oh, say Austin. Awesome. Um, yeah, so maybe there were maybe thirty people there, super low key. Ten of them were like diehard fans, which makes it easy because I had a certain amount of forgiveness. But I took. I just took a notebook up and I was like, guys, this is going to be what it's going to be. And 
the beautiful part was I'd forgotten all my old material. Not not so much forgotten, but the autopilot that you go on. Where you're, all right, I'll just go up and do a show. Like I could have gone up and done an hour without batting an eye in February. Now it was in my, am I, do I remember any of this stuff? <laughs> and then I went, if I'm going to have to rememorize, if I'm going to have to memorize an hour's worth of stuff, I might as well memorize an hour's worth of new stuff and let all this old stuff go so that I can actually, you know, so my, my brain has been rebooted completely. I don't wow. have any of the old muscle memory. I don't, and with stand up, it's different. Like you guys, people want to hear, that's the other difference between stand up and uh, music is people want to hear the hits in music. It's a, uh, with stand up, once the element of surprise is gone, right. it's not a joke anymore. Yeah. Now I'm just telling an interesting story. Yeah. And that's, that's not a bad thing. I'd watch Bill Cosby do his dentist bit all day long, but you don't want to go see that and then a year later go back and see that again. And then a year later go back and see that again. You expect new and surprising as opposed to the hits, you know? Yeah. You go see Skinner, you want to see Freebird. Yeah. You don't want to hear the new stuff, yeah. but it's different with comedy. Yeah. That's always fascinated me about humor in general that, you know, joke will only be as funny as it is the first time once, you know, uh -huh. generally, you know, you might see it again. Maybe well, a year later, it might hit you again. There's, there's, there are different, it depends on the joke structure because yeah. there are different types of, I mean, there's really, and we, there's, there's like 10 different types of jokes. That's it. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of variation on that theme and everything from, slapstick to bait and switch to paradox to hyperbole all these different forms and a lot of them don't make sense the second time around but then there's there's slapstick stuff that how many times could you watch somebody get kicked in the ball like a thousand there's <laughs> right, no right 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 you know, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a, the first time is always funnier oh i didn't see that coming yeah. but you let that you let that gif loop <laughs> yeah, yeah right right that's true that's true good point I watched that kid falling off the skateboard. Uh, that was the last. There's some kid on a on a ramp, and he just he goes down, and he hits the ramp, and the skateboard just kind of goes, whoosh, and the kid goes, whoosh, and lands, you know, eight feet past the board, and it's just on a little, it's on a gif, and it just loops, right. and I'm like, I'll, I'll be five minutes deep. I'm like, have I watched this kid fall off the skateboard three hundred and twenty seven thousand times? Right, right. Never, never gets unfunny. <laughs> That's beautiful. So, so who, who, who are your, who are your, you know, where did you begin with comedy? Who was, who, you know, when was it that you pointed at the TV or the person and said, I want to do that? There was, comedy was such a, I want to say survival mechanism, but it, it, it kind of was, it was just one of those things. Like I went to a, I went to a predominantly black middle school and I was a very, uh, not combative, but I was, I was sharp. I was quick. I would say things regardless of the repercussions. And that would get me punched in the face a lot. What? And what? later on down the line, it, I learned to sort of weaponize that. And instead of it being something that got me in trouble, I would get brought in as like the ringer at lunch. People like, oh man, go get, go get the white dude. And then drag me over. And then I would do your mama jokes <laughs> and, and do well. And it was, and at the time I was just, you know, I would go to like the bookstore and I would sit down and I would I would pull out there was there was an old series of books called Snaps that was uh, a bunch of your mama jokes and this was in the the early mid early nineties maybe and all kind of celebrity snaps were in there but then there were a bunch of comedians and I would write all these down so I'd go to school loaded uh, for bear and then that turned into me waking up at ten o'clock at night after everyone had gone to bed to put A and E's evening at the Improv on 
and I would lay there with the volume on one right. and I would write these little jokes down in my notebook, in this little notebook. And then at school, I was the funniest dude ever. And I didn't know that what I was doing was stealing and I didn't know that what I was doing was stand up. I had no, I just knew these were funny things and these people had never heard them. And if I told them to these people, I was going to be amazing to these people. And I was. Um, and it wasn't until later that, you know, you fall into Carlin and Pryor and Cosby, you know, my holy trinity. And then it turns, you know, that, that became a radio job that where I would test material on the air like every other, you know, just dumb jock. You know, oh, this is funny. No, it's not. You're an idiot. You're, just, <laughs> just play the movie guy. Just <laughs> I hear me and every DJ still. And that turned into a comedy club bartending gig. My buddy's dropping a name in a bucket and me going up and delusionally doing stand up. And it just, it's just, it's my whole life has been that weird flow of, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing, but if I keep trying to not have a job long enough, (laughs) (laughs) eventually one of these things is going to stick. And here, here we are. Yeah. You mentioned I saw an interview with you recently from it was like last year, a couple of years ago, where you mentioned that you you started your career in comedy on a dare, like somebody. It, 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 they put my name in the bucket. I was bartending at a. Uh, I had taken a bartending job at this place called GK's Comedy Club in Beaumont, and a, a comedy club in Beaumont at the time was way beyond its time. And I was bartending and. I'd been talking a lot of trash about doing stand-up. I could do this. I could do that. <laughs> Nothing. And because yeah. I'm behind the bar on Wednesday nights, my buddies would all come in and hang out. So the system was a bucket where you would write your name down and put it in the bucket. And then the host would go up and pull random names. And that was the order for the night. And I, I was just making drinks. And I hear my name over the microphone. And I look up and my friends are just laughing. And I'm like, you know what? <sighs> Why not? Why, why not? Let's see how bad this can be. And it was, I wish I had tape of it still. I lost all of that in a storage unit, but I know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I know that I didn't hear it for what it was. I know I delusionally convinced myself I was good at this for about two years. (laughs) (laughs) Just long enough to get decent. And I, to this day, anyone who sat through whatever I put them through, (laughs) <laughs> at the old case comedy club. I feel like I, I violated the Geneva Convention. That's something you wouldn't do to, to the prisoners of war in Guantanamo. You would, if you played that out loud, they would kill themselves and then you'd be in trouble. It was horrible. Horrible. But we don't know that, you know? That's Stupid amazing. Stuff. I can't even remember. I can't even remember any. I wish I could. I have the notebooks. I wish I could find the tape because it was, oh, it was just trash. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. We're all garbage when we start. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so my, my music started the same way your comedy did then. Cause I, 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 bar, bartending, I would listen to the bands coming in going, this is uh-huh. awful. This is awful. I have to, I can do better than this. And boy, was I wrong? <laughs> it's, because we don't, we don't take into account all of the, and it's just, it's human nature. So this yes. goes way beyond just art, but all the times we look at stuff and go, oh my God, I could do that. And you, you don't take into account all of the intricacies of what it actually takes to do that. To me, you know, stand up was just a guy going on stage and talking for an hour. And that, you know, as you watch that, you go, that's not hard. I'm funny, but you forget that you're funny and that funny are such drastically different things. Like I knew at the time, I knew how to spike a volleyball. That's what I was really good at. You put me in a bar setting or a group setting or whatever else. 
and I'll sit back until I have an opportunity. And then when I see it, I just come in with the punchline. Well, on stage, you're the whole conversation. You're the setup, you're the punch, you're the segue, you're the, you're the, the response, you're all of that. And if you're not prepared to do that, we, that's the stuff I didn't think about. I was like, well, I know how to, it's, it's the way hecklers approach stand up sometimes when they yell something from the crowd. They go, oh, well, I'm funnier than this guy. Well, great, yes. Up until the first objection, like you've thought the first thing you were going to say through. And you've thought none of the rest of that through. And that's kind of how stand-up was for me. I would go on stage. I was like, all right. I'm good. And then after the first bit or so, you were like, well, well, well what now? <laughs> is, I, don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of this time. It's, it's much more difficult than we think. Yeah. Wow. 100%. And, 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 and half of that is, too, the, you know, getting up there and being able to hold a tune or to be able to, to, to play in time. Or to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to work well with the harmony, blah, 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 all the things, all that aside, you can't, you can't just get up there and be a Freddie Mercury and then <laughs> silence him. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to talk to them. You gotta be able to bring them closer or, or at least like, like, you know, using the volleyball thing, keep it in the air, keep it, yep you know, and I, that's where I would, that's where I, I saw a lot of people just dying choking to death was when you had to have the interaction and make them feel like it's their night. You know, it's, you were otherwise, otherwise just watch this on YouTube. It's a, uh, it's, yeah. there's no reason to go to a live performance. If you're not going, if that performance isn't going to be in some capacity different than what I can experience some other way. I mean, what's, what's the difference? I'd rather, I'd rather you be present as an artist on the stage. And when something happens, acknowledge the fact that you're not just in an aquarium being watched, that you're mm. part of this sort of, we're, we're having a human experience together. And that's, that's what I, that's, that's the magic of live stand up to me. I, I will always be happier in a, in a room with a low ceiling and, and dark lights and 300 people over a theater of 20, specifically with stand up. There's just, you know, you, you put 2,500 people, you, you play Revention Center versus, um, uh, what used to be the old laugh stop. Yes. And it's just drastically different. The, the having to wait for these laughs to go all the way to the back of the room <laughs> and then come all the way back up. And you, the, the closest person is, you know, 15 feet away from you and eight feet down or whatever that math is. And it just doesn't feel, it, it doesn't feel as intimate as I prefer it to be specifically with comedy. And like you were talking about doing, you know, personal stuff and it just, Give me, give me, give me a real human experience with these people. Yeah. And, and Eric, Eric is, is famous in, in this band for saying we were playing or we were talking about listening to a tape of a band playing their stuff. And it just, and it sounded like a, like a, like a well-produced CD, you know, mm-hmm. everything was just crystal clear. And Eric said, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> you, know, yeah, no, you know, I want to play, crazy. you know, that's exactly what it, I mean, I, I, again, our parallels are, they're, 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 they're fathomless. They just never end in our, you know, in, in what we do. And it's, it, it, it's, it really is. It's hilarious. And, and for those who don't know, the Revention Center in, in Houston is probably, uh, it's, it's probably the first, it's, it's the last step before an actual stadium, like a football stadium. Right. It's huge. And yeah, uh, it's our, it's, it's our, probably biggest mid-level venue yeah and uh it's and it's just a beautiful place to play and i i had been to that was a cool it was a cool deal because i had been to so many shows there in the past and it's you know a big theater is one or a big venue is one thing but it's a different thing when you've i remember 
the House of Blues in New Orleans was similar to that, where I'm just like, man, this place has got so much history. And I've been here for so like I can the amount of times I've been in the middle of that floor and then to see it from the stage. It's just a cool, yeah. it's like a cool vibe. Yeah. It's a cool venue. Yeah. The other place I'm mad at you, you guys can explore multiple emotions, which is different. Uh, I'm, I'm very singular in that, which is why the books and the other, the other mediums, because stand up has got to be funny first. And I think we, there's the old, you know, comics want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be comics. And, you know, if you watch the way you guys banter, uh, between songs, like you're, you're funny, uh, Patty. So it's a, you, you get that part and then you get to play the music and I have to, you know, there's a part of me that's funny all the time, but then I still want to wrap the cord around my hand and stand up on a speaker stack and (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 oh man yeah you you played the revention center as well no i've I've been to the revention center yeah you you, i I know you have slate i'm i'm trying to think the and i've been to the house of blues in new orleans and it's it's a interesting very interesting setup that one yeah that one's a little bit different than the one than the one here yeah you know but yeah, no, they're both cool rooms, and like, like so I Eric, said, a Eric, lot of history. We don't know your, who are your comics, who are your who are your. The first guy I got into was uh, George Carlin. Of mm-hmm. course, I used to play. I used to subject my mother to uh, listening to AM, FM, FM, AM, and Class Clown in the car on road oh, yeah. trips and stuff like that. And then uh, we got our hands on. My dad actually had the uh, Richard Pryor's Greatest Hits record. Which of course was a lot of cussing, and uh, and uh, we found that uh-huh. in my dad's collection. So we play that secretly, and then we got our hands on uh, Live on the Sunset Strip when that came out. Uh, That's the, the one record. right there. Yeah, that one. That one was definitely eye opening, and you know, I guess he, Pryor was yeah. Pryor was the most honest human being I think that's ever stood on stage, and I think that's back to what you were saying earlier, Patty. There's a you want. For me, anyway, I want people to walk off stage feeling like they know more about me than they knew when they were introduced to me an hour ago in terms of a stranger. Uh, Prior was that for me. I remember the stuff he talked about unapologetically from the drugs to the sex to the, you know, the just the mistake after mistake after mistake with such candor. And I was it's like my God, that's what I want to do. Not maybe not that honest, yeah. but close. <laughs> yeah, screw that. Screw that. Yeah, leave something. You know, leave something in the shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that guy was. But just brilliant. And just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got so many. I've got so many questions. I, I've, I've just, you know, like I said, we've been, we've been throwing your name around for a long time, and uh, we've, you know, Chad and I did the first thousand episode or whatever or fifty for you know just the two just the two of us and then eric came in we just uh beginning this year we're we're, we we uh drag eric into the band and then uh, everything shuts down he goes wait a minute (laughs) but (laughs) that's gotta be that's got how long long were you in the band eric before the shutdown uh officially i think the end of january oh was was like my first official gig was like the like the twenty third or whatever that third week of january and then uh we're cruising through february and the calendar's filling up and we've got all these <laughs> tours happening and we're going to go to ireland which i'm excited about and then came saint patrick's day and things yeah. went to shit yeah. as quick as you could say jackie robinson did you guys you guys have a saint patty's day show did, were you all able to get one sort off? of oh yeah sort of we did we did our big show in college station on the saturday before okay and uh yeah. and then we had one more show after that in houston 
And then, then they shut it down. Yeah, they, they, they shut it down the night of the last show. Yeah. And then, so what we did on Patty's Day, because it's just, I think it's, I think it's a law. I think there's, there, there's some law that says that, you know, you must play on Patty's Day. So we did uh-huh. a, we, we did a, um, a show at the Continental Club here in Houston for the, uh, for the, the No Kid Hungry program. Ah, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was, like, it was kind of cool. It was, uh, and it was nice because A, we, we got to play, but B, you know, you do something, you know, because and you you got you did some good, yeah, yeah, and all, all this stuff shutting down. You know, people forget that that the, 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 you know the, these other people, these other places that are struggling are you know are really going to struggle because everybody's you know we are we're all introspective at that point. You know, we, we and, can only handle as as human. I think we can only handle one one thing to focus on at a time. Like we can only care about a certain amount of things, and it's such a shame because there's so many of these ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, needs and yeah. then they get they sort of just get pushed off and not not that you know things like Hurricane Harvey or COVID or I mean these are huge things but it's a man it takes the light off of the ongoing systemic problems doesn't it oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh, good for you guys and uh, yeah that, um, who was your ch- Chad who were your I'm just letting, letting you know where our comedy comes from so who were your yeah I wanna, I, I'm, I'm curious about this I want to interview <laughs> you guys about comedy well, I talked to for same. I think every all pretty much any kid who grew up in the seventies and early eighties. It's it's Richard Pryor and Carlin. Those are the ones that everybody was quoting all the time. Robin mm-hmm. Williams really hit me big too because he came around like the perfect age for me. You know, it was like eleven or twelve yes. when when Mork and Mindy came out, and then he started putting his. I, I bought his very first comedy record that came out and I just memorized the whole thing. I loved oh, he's him so, so fast. much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Carlin had. I remember Carlin had a had a special that everybody was quoting where he's talking about food. And then the long list of curse words. I forget how many curse words it was that he rattled oh, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that yeah. was Carlin at uh, Carlin at Carnegie. That might have been the, the one. video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Prior had that. Like, there was like two movies cake. that Prior put out around that same time. But anyway, yeah. yep. Those three guys. What about you, Patty? Uh, I mean, all those guys. Yeah, we, in, we were we were in a different. It just feels like a different planet in Ireland. Uh, so our comedians were, you know, Billy Connolly and. Yes, you know, you know the people that we that we had access to, and of course we didn't have a TV. And, and, and uh, growing up, we were, uh, you know, electricity was okay. Well, we okay, we, we maybe we had electricity, <laughs> but we yeah, we didn't have you know big Y'all Irish cat two wires in a potato. I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, and, uh, and and nobody wanted the wires. So um, <laughs> so yeah, so so you know, we, we grew up with that with with all these people that we were uh dave allen of course you know uh and mm-hmm. i was just complaining the other night about we uh, because we didn't have a tv i'd hear these jokes secondhand at school oh, yeah so you they, they lost all their all their essence yeah that's, yes. that's, that's what i was doing when i was bringing yeah. those jokes to school i realized i was messing them up so oh my god the guys i took from like <laughs> it's a 10th grade me trying to do you know, uh, Eddie Azard is just a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But now, and I have to, I have to ask you too. I, I actually wrote notes. This is the first time ever I've written notes because I wanted to. But I, I want to ask you about joke theft, and uh-huh. and and you know, like I see a comedian on you know TV or a season, and then I'll see a, a, an ad for something, you know, three months later, and they're they've done like a, they, they've mixed it up a little bit. Do you yep. know, you know what I mean? They've taken the, they've taken the premise of that joke and they've built a, uh, you know, they used it in their commercial. And of course it's done horribly because it's of done, course. it's done by a suit in a, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, somebody that thinks, oh, well, you know, that, yeah, we can make that. In, yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So my question to you is, how how much do you hate joke oh. theft? And how rampant is it among, <laughs> you, you know, when you go to... To to do you any before I spend all day spitting about how uh, so so how 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 is it is it that evident in your travels? It's well, there's there there's layers to it. Um, there are on a to me, it's it's the unforgivable sin. It is the absolute blasphemy of stand up. You do this as as Andy Huggins has said many times. You should be able to hit that guy in the back of the head with a bottle. Just <laughs> the minute they steal a judge, just walk up. And walk away. And it's whether you approve of violence or not, which I don't even really approve. This is a it's that should be okay. It is a but you don't see you see (laughs) open micers. You'll see young guys make the mistake I did when I first started stand up, which was just you don't understand the purity of it. You think that it is you just that, that comics just go up and are say funny things for however long they're up there, regardless of where they came from or their pedigree or any of that. And then you quickly are corrected of that behavior. Someone goes, hey, man, you, you know that's not – you know that somebody else does a version of that joke. And you go, oh, my God, I didn't know. And then you start to hear that a couple of times. You go, this is – I've got to get my stuff together. This is all about writing original material. And that was my first six weeks of stand-up corrected that in me because I just didn't know. And you see open micers do that where they flagrantly will. I remember somebody, you know, the old laugh stop open mic days, which were legendary. You know, you'd have 60 comics in there on a Monday. And of those 60 or 70 comics, some of them were first timers. And you'd always hear the, you know, you'd hear every Monday without fail, some new guy would do some stolen Hedberg joke. That was just the, I don't have a girlfriend, but I do know a girl who would be really mad if she heard me say that. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everybody all the pros at the bar just turn around and go no and, <laughs> you know we'll have a talk with that guy yeah. but, but what you see more often is just the almost the shared premise the parallel thought the you'll see jokes that comics being so lazy that they don't care that the joke they're telling they know has been told by a hundred different guys mm-hmm. it's a there's a reason that you don't see, you know, when Bill Burr or Chris Rock or one of the current greats puts a special out, there's a reason you don't hear a tender joke. There's a reason you don't hear there, that things like that don't come up in their sets. You've got to be you've got to be willing to do something that's so inherently you that even if they did steal it, they couldn't pull it off. That's the that's yeah. kind of the way I look at it now. Yeah, and it's but you see to, to answer your question, Patty. Very, I mean, it's it's prevalent, but not not amongst the pros. There's just uh, everybody the 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 headliners that are working. It, it just doesn't happen. The aberrations you see, like a Mencia or somebody else, you know it. He took he took Cosby's uh, high mom joke, one of the most legendary bits from one of the most legendary albums ever. And then presented it like, ta-da, I wrote this. No, you didn't. And you can't even plead ignorance to the greatest <laughs> album by one of the greatest. Co- like, you can't tell me you've never heard that before. This isn't some joke that some guy in Boston is doing, you know, on a small level in a small community. This is <laughs> the biggest. So those kinds of incidents. And that's just brazen, unapologetic. I'm bigger than this shit. I can do whatever I want attitude. And even that gets checked by a Rogan or, you know, where's Mm -hmm. Mencia now? He's back to playing clubs, you know? That's what happens when you don't write stuff. Yeah. 
That's exactly what Eric said. Right when, right when the camera went, right when the the feed left, I said, "That's ah, the." Mention the Mencia. Hey, uh, Slate, I got a couple of questions for you. Uh huh. You mentioned Cosby several times. Can you show us on the doll where he touched you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this, this is a, it's a, t- it's a tough one for me because obviously I, I despise everything about who he's turned out to be as a human mm-hmm. being. I, you, that, that is a, that is unforgivable. You should be in jail. I don't want to hear anything else you have to say. However, the, the separation between the art, and I struggle with this with musicians and paint, you know, you hear, we, we hear about our heroes all the time doing this horrible stuff. And for me, I can't take away the, yeah, it's, it's, it's like if your father or somebody was found to be, you know, a, a horrible bank robber, had this entire career of criminality that you didn't know about, but he raised you and he gave you these skills and you, you know, he did the positive stuff. Yeah. It, it, you can't take that part away. Right. And in terms of storytelling and composure, all the things that Cosby brought to the table that have sort of taught me how to do some of what I do, I, I do speak of it with reverence. I just yeah. despise who he became or who he was the I whole time without us knowing. You have to, yeah. But uh, also to answer your question, Eric, uh, the left leg, upper thigh. Excellent. <laughs> My second question is, you know, with the pandemic going on the last six months, I know it's kind of changed Anybody who's creative, it's kind of changed how they approach. I think you mentioned this earlier, how you approach your creative process. I'm going to assume that maybe before you would take jokes out and kind of rewrite them or rework them as you watch audiences react to them. But how has that changed? Because you just said you have about an hour's worth of of new material. How has your writing changed in the last six months because of what's been going on? Well, what you mentioned earlier, my process in general uh, is to uh, when, when things happen. There was the when I first started, the conversion process was very long between ha- identifying something as possibly funny, writing that down, like massaging it, and working it into figuring out where what, what is the premise and what is the actual setup and which part of it's actually funny, and then a punchline, and then taking that to the stage and reworking and trying and trial and error because ultimately stand up is only stand up in front of an audience. There right. really isn't a way to test drive that in a, in a, in a recording studio or in a rehearsal space. So before I'd have a loose idea, I'm going to be on stage seven times this week. So you go up on Thursday, you riff the idea, you see what happens, you listen back to the recording and then you go up Friday and do it two more times. And by Saturday, it's kind of become a joke. Now it's just sort of, you know, ideas I had in March are still just sitting there. Ideas I would have in May are still just sitting there. There's no chance to really get them up on stage and see what they're made of. That's where all the good punchlines come from. You sort of get in this this flow state where the setup's there, you know you have one punch, and then you get to just free associate with this crowd. And that's where all my great punchlines really do come from. Right. Um, and I don't have that right now. So all I can do is I'm, my pro- I'm writing it down and then I'm having to run it in my own voice, which is different than the voice I write with. Um, they're too, a little bit, I'm more verbose, uh, on paper. And I can't do that on stage. And I have to, that's the stuff that just doesn't happen until you get up there. I'm like that word would never work. Why would I think that word would work? And it doesn't matter that I've been doing this 20 years or not on paper. I still, my dumb head still thinks that works because <laughs> I need comic me to say it out loud and go, Oh, uh-uh, see, there's, I, I need that element. It's weird. It's very weird right now. But that show, uh, I did, uh, that show last Saturday, I did a hundred or a hundred, I did an hour and 13 minutes and, Two of 
two jokes were old. Everything else was completely brand new. And I'm just up there with a notebook, you right. know, and it feels it feels awful sometimes to I used to yell at young comics about notebooks or set lists or things. You know, I would tell them, I would go, if you don't, you don't care enough about your material to learn it, why should the crowd believe in it? That was always my attitude. It's what are you doing up there with cheat sheets? We're the same with music stands. Right. Yes, exact same thing. Except if, if you guys sat down and wrote 12 new songs over the last six months and you never rehearsed at all and then tomorrow night you had a show. You'd be forgiven if you went up there with a, you know what? I need to remember that this is G, C, and A because who knows or whatever. Mm. It's the lyrics or the, <laughs> would you guys just go, just go wing 12 songs right oh, yeah. now if you didn't, if oh, you yeah. didn't know them? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is. It's like, it's like having the, the, it's, it's, it, it's just to me, the, the, I'd much rather wear a tutu and, a, and, a, you know, and, you know, and I'm, well, the idea, hey, like, the idea of winging songs, we call those gigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like with everything else we're talking about, you have to be brave enough to fail. You know, well, for- yes, but then there is a there is this goes back to the differences or the similarities or however you want to look at it. But with you guys, like the if things get comp, if you guys fall apart completely in the middle of a song. You can just sort of keep a bass riff going and you can sort of keep the drums going until you guys pull it all back together. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't just say words until. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> While I tread water. And, 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 the, 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 the yeah. table, 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 table. So waitress, y'all like, whatever. y'all like cats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, that's exactly, I, because we, 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 we've done that. We pride ourselves on the fact that a song is never train wrecked into, uh, into an end. You know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> right, you never hit a wall. Exactly. It smashed into that wall where, where you're in there, you know, where you kind of have to get up and find everything again. We, we've never done that. However, <laughs> we've come so close that they go, "Hey, what was that jazz thing that you guys, you know, you broke into that little bit?" I go, "Yeah, that was that was rehearsed." And then, and then the yeah. other the other side of that was we. Uh, this is this is going back years. We uh, we had this one song, and uh, you're, you're you're a Pogues fan, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and it was this real pretty Pogues song, and right in the middle of it. We were just we were in rehearsal one time, and I know the and I just went in the in the guitar, uh, just right in the middle of the song, and I said, "Hey, let's put that in." Mm-hmm. And everybody looked at me, and they're like, "You know, you're a fucking idiot." And I go, "Yeah, we we know that, <laughs> we know that." But let me just put this in the song. And I remember we did it. Uh, the one time I can remember it as clear as I'm sitting here was it was in Austin and we were playing and we just got to that to, to the section of the song and it was I said just just follow me don't go <laughs> d- d- don't don't just just hit that j- 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 and we put this it, death metal bands would have been afraid of it it sounded so <laughs> awful and we put that in the middle of the song and then when I when my guitar neck drops we go right back into the song and nobody noticed. Nobody got it. <laughs> no, and, 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 and I'm telling you, they're staring at us. They're dancing and they're bobbing. They're, they're drinking. They're having a good time. We put that in the middle of it, and we came out of it. So I, <laughs> they just I, accepted it as part of the song. Yeah, as yeah. part of the song, yeah. it was. It's the most. It's a, it's the craziest thing I could have imagined. You it, know, but you know what? The 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 crowd in those instances, because all we are doing, if, if you just strip this down to its essence, we are. We are the conductors of an emotional orchestra is basically what we're doing on any given night. 
whether you guys are doing it with music or I'm doing it with words or I'm leading them through laughter or your whatever that is. And there is a the audience gives this weird sort of sense of surrender to that, that we that they are there to be led by us. And we are by nature going to do everything 100 percent right. So even when you drop that go, go, go in there, mm-hmm. those people, just go, well, he must know what he's doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it must be must be intentional. That's what he meant, right? And then they just dance on and forget about it. Nobody drives home. Going, what, was, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> there, there may have been one person that, I, but but you know, again, when the herd is is you know is is, is looks like they're satiated, and like you say, you know, they they say, well, they sure as hell think they know what they're doing. But yeah, anyway, so, so I, I'm just hypnotic. Uh, yeah, I can, I can do this. I don't want to interrupt. I can do this. I can do it with jokes where if I set you up with enough of a rhythm, the next time I come back around and do this, the joke doesn't even have to make sense if I put the word where the punchline goes. You're just, you're in, you're in hypnotic state. You're doing, I mean, that's, that's a perfect night, really. Damn, man, that's really, you're, that's so profound, Slade. That is just, it's a, it, it, it's a joy to hear it because I, I've, I've, I, I've, I haven't studied comedy, but we're, we're, we're lucky that we have this. Uh, Chad's got a, an incredible dry sense of humor and it's quick and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's smart. Eric's got a, a, a lot of the same, uh, uh, qualities in his humor and we can, we can, you know, even on those 15-hour road trips where we're driving and, go, you know, we can still oh, yeah. make each other laugh, you know, this. And we've known Eric for a long time before mm-hmm. before he joined the band. But we were also lucky enough, too, with Mike, our old drummer, yeah. that he, he had this dry, you know, sense of humor. Were, it's everything. Yeah, and it just, exactly. It, and it just, it, it takes, it's, um, it's actually probably the reason why we're overpopulated. It's probably the reason why there's not as much murder <laughs> as there should be, you know, uh, but it really is. It's just, it, it's so nice to have that, have that, um, back. And again, you know, the, 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 the reason why we wanted to have you on here is because you, not only are you so honest and real, but also you, your, your experiences have pushed you you know, to all these countries. And, and, and I wanted to ask you about your USO tours. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you've done that for a while, right? I've done, we're trying, trying to, trying to count them the other day and I'm over 50 tours for sure. Um, it is, I lead groups out for armed forces entertainment now. And I hooked up with those. I've been doing, I've been doing military shows since 2001 and I went to Germany right after 9-11, like literally October of 2001. And it was, I was so far, I'd been doing comedy for a year and a half. I was wildly unqualified. And every comic on the list to work for this company before me, like way more qualified than me, dropped out once 9-11 had, I'm not flying, I'm not going anywhere. It's kind of like the COVID thing where everybody just erred on the side of safety. And I'm young, 23-year-old kid, you know, whatever, sign me up, I'm in, let's go. I don't care. Put me on a plane. And they did. And I went and I was, you know, this was back in that same sort of first two years. I was atrocious. It was awful. I shouldn't have been there, but I did. And it was the first time I'd ever left the Gulf Coast of the United States as a little Texas kid. And it was so eye opening and I was so embarrassing. And I was so, um, I was that American 
you know, for I would just Kaiser Slouten, Krieger, Crouton, damn y'all like the letter K. Like it was just <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> but I, I didn't know. And I've since, you know, a, a quarter of the world later, uh, my attitude has changed so drastically. And it's uh, some of the places I've been have just been, you know, because it's not all, you think about places like Germany and Japan when you think about military shows. And those are all fun and great. You know, I've been through all of Europe and everything, but I've also been to places like Ethiopia and Niger and parts of Africa where we don't even officially have bases and those sorts of things, man, just, you know, in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and combat zones. And you come back from those, if you don't come back from those unchanged in some capacity, you're just... Your, your humanity's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and and, uh, and, it's, and, it's and those guys, those guys, it, it's such a, it, 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 you know, it's, it, it's such a, an honor for, you know, to, for them to ask you back and, and again, and again, but I mean, those, you know, the, the troops and, and performing for them is just, it, it, it's, it's so admirable. And we're, we're you know, we're hats well, off to you. you. When, when you get out there, Patty is the, it's, it's this groundhog day sensation of and anybody who's ever spent any, you know, even incidental time on a military base. It's just the same day. Oh, tomorrow is another today. And you wake up and you just, you lose track of what's what. So for us to go in as non-military, it's a, one, it's a departure for them just to see something not in a uniform, uh, for starters. And then two, we get to really cut up and hang out and, it, you know, the shows are fun and we've done them in every, I mean, I've, I've done them in huge theaters on bases, and then I've done them on the back of flatbed trucks in the middle of the Iraqi desert. And, you know, the, these crazy, every show's different. And every single one of these guys afterwards, we, it's the hanging out and the talking and the, you know, they'll bring us out to shoot the weapons. Or I drove a tank. They let me, they let me drive a tank. Like, that's, that's <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> like, well, Stan, Sam and I, we're, Sam and I have a good, uh, a good uh, working relationship when we're out on the road in places like that. Sam will just, Sam, Sam will ask to do stuff. And uh, when they say no, he'll go, why not? And then when they start to explain to him, well, because it's a tank, you idiot, he'll go, well, the Navy let us drive a boat yesterday and crosses his arms. Yeah. <laughs> and the army guy's like, well, I get the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So that, that's how we got behind the wheel of a tank. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's that's uh, that's uh, you know I've only met Sam t- two three times, but oh, he's just the, uh, he's, yeah. he's a good dude. Every, uh, yeah, just just the greatest. And also, I forgot to mention too at the at the bike rally. I remember the, I remember that that opening as as clear as day. <laughs> but also remember he was wearing a Motorhead t shirt. Yes, he was. You know, yes. he was wearing the yes. he was wearing the he was wearing the snaggletooth t-shirt, and I just, uh, you know, yep, you know, I just first thing first thing I, I like this guy, I like this guy, and then when I heard it that when I saw him command that you know Moses parting you know parting the sea, that was yes. that was I was all right. You know, I said, Moses, you want to see something? You go see our friend Sam take, t- take care of this field of bikes. And the other thing we didn't know about that 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 day was I didn't know that when they revved their engines, that that's, yes. that's their applause. Yeah, we didn't know that either. Yeah. Okay, uh, good. I'm, I'm glad we learned that together because I thought, oh, oh, they're coming for us. We're going to die. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought I was walking the room. I, yeah. thought, I thought they were, just, they were on their way out. I'm yeah. not this shit yeah, that's it. Oh my God, this is so good. Um, uh, And uh, so, unfortunately, we spoke about this before we started rolling the tape too. We um, uh, so I ordered your book, 
Uh, I was supposed ah, to. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to have it. Um, I wanted to have it in hand. I wanted to. So I did read some of the excerpts on. So it's it, it's probably going to arrive this minute. You know, it's probably going to arrive in the middle of this we're, thing. While we're talking, but uh, we we're uh, we're going to put a link to it to 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 your Amazon link um, because awesome. I, I read some of the I read some of the excerpts out of it and it, it's uh, so you have how many brothers? Three. So I got three brothers. Yes, and and, and they go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you're uh, um, growing up in Bowman. Yeah, you're in the middle. No, I'm the oldest of uh, of four boys, and my parents my parents divorced when I was eight and a half. So right at you know third grade, fourth grade, and we moved to Beaumont from Orange. And my mom proceeded to raise four boys as a single parent, saint on a on a school teacher's salary. God, so wow. imagine, yeah, imagine six o'clock in the morning, you go get all of us out of the house and into into school, and then you go teach. 30 something little hellions and you know and I know they were hellions because I heard about it every day. Yeah. <laughs> These kids and then she would come home and then raise four boys until they went to bed and she would get, you know, 5 hours of sleep and go do it again. And that's why I was able to get up and go hide in the living room and listen to, you know, A&E's evening at the improv because she was exhaustedly passed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's that that I I guess that environment breeds um the ability to like a survivalist sort of mentality. You're four boys in a, I want to say dog eat dog world, but you're all competing for the same attention and food and love and shelter. And, you know, it just, it, it turns you into a bit of a scrapper. And I think that's, that's the part of me. I just, it was, I've always, I've always been, you know, like a little scrappy physical kid, but I've always been small. So that's never done me really well. It always ends poor, but the words, the words I could I could I could sting you from across a room and you'd still feel it three days later and that was you know that comes from brawling with three brothers yeah yeah I've got I'm three I've got three younger <laughs> brothers but I've also got uh, excuse me three I've got two younger brothers and two younger sisters but I also got three older sisters so oh I, wow yeah in my math that's twenty I think but <laughs> we're uh, twenty yeah they're, they're they're everywhere but it's uh the yeah, the, the 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 fight the fight never ended. The fight just was was crippling. As oh, you know, no. and my my mother, my, my mother was she was she raised us single handedly. But my dad would work you know, abroad, so uh, mm-hmm. that that means across the seas, not another woman. Oh, not another woman. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Eric. Uh, Eric, Eric's eyes light up every time he really, yeah, I, good I, for him. I, yeah. <laughs> no, but so, uh, I, yeah, there was, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm dying to, to, to read the book and then, and the, the, the next slapper cast, we're going to be, uh, going to be, uh, talking about it too. So, um, it's, dude, it, it, it's a lot of fun. I wrote it, I wrote it, it's stories from all over the world. Um, it is probably most of them from my first 10 to 12 years of stand up, but they're, it's, it's, it's somewhat, Linear. I talk about my dad's death in there. I talk about I talk about uh, the the ongoing brawl with Dustin Diamond. I talk about I tell the story about beating up the little person. I tell the there's a there's a lot of fun stuff in there. There's a yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff yeah. in there. It, it, like I said, the excerpts were, were 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 enough to get it. I just wanted to be you know I wanted to be able to spar a little bit on that, but uh, to, <laughs> to, to to be continued. Um, so the uh, the Whiskey Brothers. Uh, podcast um <laughs> is, is that is that ongoing is that a 
We're on. We just taped episode eight hundred and forty-four. Jesus Christ! So yeah, we started. Uh, we started in two thousand eleven. This is back when podcasts weren't even really. They, you know, I, I guess they started in two thousand six. Back when Marin started his, but that first five years was kind of wild west. Rogan was out there. Corolla was out there, and yeah. nobody, you know. Not everybody had a pot. Now everybody's got a podcast. I'm right. pretty sure the 90 year old dude who's mowing his lawn like he does every single day. He's probably got a podcast about why you mow your lawn every day. I can <laughs> right. hear him right now. That's the only reason it's annoying. Yeah. Um, like everybody has a podcast. You're like I'm a checker at Kroger, and here's my cast. And you're like, yeah. this is why are we? Why are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but we've done it. We've done it. Uh, we've had some amazing guests. Uh, we run. Bi-weekly, it's two 30-minute episodes, uh, various incarnations of the cast, but myself and Rob Mungle have been there the entire time. Sam still comes in uh, via Zoom or Skype when uh, he can. And it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a writer's room. It's a, it's a handful of comics tackling everything from personal stories to pop culture to what's going on now. But you get to see the way we sort of pounce on a bit. And when we get our teeth into something, it's, it's just – it's fun. It's it's kind of a way to see how comics minds work, and especially when we start bouncing off one another with the really good chemistry. It is that's the closest I'll come to feeling like I'm in a band. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool. there's just a synergy to it. Yeah, I just I, I hats off, man. That's a, that's that's incredible. Um, we did we have a we have a we did a we taped a special as the Whiskey Brothers that we did at uh we taped it at Warehouse Live, so it's very Houston centric. And then it's on Amazon and I think you can watch it for free called the Whiskey Brothers uh on Prime. Okay. But we finished it up. We were trying to do because it was it was warehouse and it was awesome and the, the set was great. Like everything about it was perfect. But I was like, if we're gonna do this, we gotta do this a li- we gotta we gotta we gotta put our mark on this. So we brought in uh we closed the showdown. We did Damn It Feels Good to be a gangster. Uh, in front of 600 people and we intentionally flubbed the lyrics and then bring Scarface out to finish it with us. So <laughs> wow. it was uh, it was a really cool, like in, in terms of things I've done, having executive produce that special and now it's on TV and doing that song with Face, the whole night was just, uh, I, I think you'll if you watch the special, you'll see uh, how much fun we're actually having. It was, it was pretty damn cool. That's cool. Let's put a link to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. that's, yeah. It's on Prime. It's free. They can get it. That's so cool. So how's your drone doing? I, I saw. I got it back. Came did? back in yesterday. Um, <laughs> I Dude, so I'm a, <laughs> and now I have the uh, insurance for it. Uh, <laughs> cool. I, dude, I, I peeled off to Cabo. So I got the drone like a year and a half. I've had it for a while. Yeah. I, it's cool. It, it shoots amazing, amazing footage. Yeah. So I took it to Cabo. Uh, about a month ago, I was just losing my mind. I had to get out. Mm-hmm. I went down there. Uh, my brother had a house down there. It was just, it was a cool getaway. And I took the drone and I'm showing off. Oh, you gotta see what this thing could do. Watch this. I get, and I put it on one of these, one of these, uh, patterns. It runs completely forgetting about the fact that that turns off the safeties. And it tells you that. And I'm just not even looking at the, the, the notification. When you click this button, it says that you're no longer protected. And I go, okay, you're going to love this. And I'm not even paying attention. And I put it in this helix and I run it and I'm seeing it. I, there's a, there's a, this building, this big seven story building off to the left and I see it going towards it. And cockily, I go, I don't know if that's a word, cockily, but uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a cocky manner, I said, uh, I go, watch this, won't even hit the building. And then it just fell. Seven story 
blueberries down in front of my face, and oh, I just had no. to act stoic. Like, yeah, yeah, I was just showing you what it what, what <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was an idiot. Oh, and, man. Uh, anyway, they, they fixed it. I got it back, and I'm uh, as soon as things open back up, I'm going to go shoot a ton oh, good. more stuff. <laughs> yes, I saw the video where you shot back when the pandemic first started we went to downtown houston and that oh, yeah. footage is so fascinating of the of the, of the, the drone getting lost and going well yeah. i'm just gonna land <laughs> dude i that's, that's why yeah. i fly it i fly it like i'm not flying a 1500 dollars toy i fly it recklessly so i'm sitting out there at uh i live down at edo so i ride my bike all the way through you know so i rode it down into downtown i'm sitting there at at bbva compass stadium and i'm flying i fly it downtown and it gets behind a building and then because they're so smart, it's like, well, I'll just come home. I'm lost. I'll go home. And you can, you can feel the drone look around like a kid in the woods. Like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. We'll just, but, but since I'm dumb, I'll just fly right at this building and it just goes, <laughs> and you can see it. I, it just goes up and down for a while and then lands in a tree. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to find it on my bike and then throw the case at it about, 30 feet up in the, it was, it was the most ridiculous and I caught it before it dropped and I was like, I'll get insurance on it now. And yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That was amazing. I break it and cop it. <laughs> yeah. yeah the footage that was downtown weird. It looked like, it was like vanilla sky, wasn't it? Just, yeah. Yeah. Beautifully like the shot. It happened. All the footage, man, that, that footage from Cabo and everything I've seen is just absolutely gorgeous stuff. If, if you get a chance on my YouTube channel, there's a uh, clip from White Sands uh, National Monument in New Mexico. Uh-huh. And that's some of the most alien footage I think I've ever taken. It's just, it's surreal. Wow. Yeah, cool. it's worth a look. Yeah, I need to see that one too. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about it much, but he's, Slade is an incredible photographer. Uh, I, I shoot everything on my cell phone. Yeah, everything oh, really? on my cell phone. Wow. 100% on my cell phone. And it's all because of pack weight. Like everywhere I go, it's, I don't want to carry stuff. It's yeah. a, I'm lazy. Being the the biggest part, so I, I shoot on the cell phone. I'm a decent editor, but the film stuff has been the most fun. Was that thunder? Did you guys I think so? Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Are y'all next door? Um, the, yeah, <laughs> we're not far away from you. The uh, yeah, I guess not. Is we'll we'll time it. Maybe yeah. we can triangulate our positions based <laughs> on counting <laughs> seconds between thunders. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever I was saying, that <laughs> <laughs> and art too. You 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 you're quite quite the artist too. Did, 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 I'm a, <laughs> I wanted to be a comic book artist. That was the that was the goal when I was in growing up in school. I remember reading so many of these. I mean, those comic books were escape for me. I was a Spider Man kid, and you know, I've still got boxes of stuff laying around here. But I would draw instead of you know, all my book covers were covered in comic book stuff, and that's what I wanted to do. And you know, life happens, and then you don't, and you end up falling into you know, you're like, oh, I I, I miss misread the way i wrote the word comic now i'm doing this shit uh, <laughs> so so it's a it's a it's still a hobby it's my when i'm in the back of a club on any given night before a show uh 100 chance i'm sitting in the corner drawing superheroes and leaving them in the corner for somebody to find <laughs> you, you, you drew the cover of the book right that's your art i wish it was that's actually uh my designer found that from some spanish uh some spanish book in like the 1800s oh, wow. I, think. I, I was just gonna say you need to up your game because that was that, whole, that the, the, the cover wasn't great no it, I, I i've seen some of your some of your you know your scribbling stuff and you you know you've but it really it's 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 quite i appreciate it yeah it's, it's quite fantastic and the name of the book is until the last 
until all the dragons are dead. All the dragons until are dead. All the dragons are dead. And it's a uh, it's a wordy title. The next book will be one word. I, Good. Uh, <laughs> you find yourself pitching it from the stage or on radio or in interviews or whatever. Like, That's a lot of damn words. I should just call this book two. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call the second book. <laughs> two. Yeah, so so we're we're gonna link to that because I I I've, like I said I really enjoyed what I've read, read so far and I was you know hoping to there, there's a lot of there's a lot of road stuff in it too man I think you'll uh, I think you'll dig it it's a it's a good it's a good throw in the van and read as you travel kind yeah, of uh, yeah kind of, it's a good airplane book cool excellent so you have a show coming up too don't you Later September seventeenth yeah yeah uh, so uh, I'm at the Improv on uh, Thursday the seventeenth and I'm going to be giving this this hour a second run through uh, it's probably going to be drastically different than it was the first time uh, for better or worse I do not know but uh, I encourage you I, I would love man it's a it's, I want people out there I like I like people seeing this process I think it's kind of cool because you know a year from now or six months however long at some point this will be an album, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think comedy is one of the, the coolest mediums in that you can really watch something progress. Um, I don't think that, you know, maybe it happens in music. Maybe you guys bring raw ideas out and just sort of play with them. And maybe, you know, they turn into songs later and somebody will have heard that while it was in its infancy, I, yeah. you know, but comedy, it's very glaring. I think to, uh, I remember watching, uh, I worked with Gary Goleman, when he was working on his last special, the great depression and he had just started it and it was fantastic, but you could see the rawness of it. And then I remember watching the special when it came out, I was just like, Oh God, that's what you were doing. It's so much like, better, yeah. It's bad uh, because you start to see the setup. You start to, you, you can't, I don't know. Like when I'm watching a comic, I don't know where they're necessarily going every time. You know, the great ones, you're like, where are you trying to get to? Where are you trying to get to? And when you're seeing it in its infancy, it doesn't always get there. You're just like, oh, you just kind of played around and nothing for a minute and then walked away. That can't be what you meant. And you're like, it's not. It's not. It's not. I promise. Yeah. This gets better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but this will be, this will be, I know for a fact, uh, a lot of this stuff hits. I, I just did it. So, and there's some other stories that I know work. It's going to be a good show. Cool. That, and the Southern Houston, the improv in Houston? Yeah. I'm in right. Houston, uh, right there at 610 and uh, I-10. Matter of fact, if you guys are off on that Thursday, I'd love to put you on the guest list. Come hang out. I'm, uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling feisty. Well, I put a, I put a, uh, I, I put a note on there because uh, it's, it, it so happens that our, the, the gig that we didn't have on that day canceled. So we're, we, we have extra, oh. extra, no, extra no shows on that day. Well, give, <laughs> give it two weeks, man. This could cancel, too. It's, yeah. uh, whole it's changing yeah. by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> Never done. I'm no longer optimistic. We put stuff on the books. I'm just, I just shrug anymore. It's uh, my May and June and July all moved to September, October, November. That's all moved to January, February, March. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Eventually, September 17th will happen on May 27th, and we'll get there. Get your tickets now. (laughs) Yeah, we've. I've been. The the worst part of this is I missed. Yeah, or, you know, just missed communications with with some agents and some uh, some just in just some clubs in town because they say, hey, what about this date? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really did blow them off because I, I just, just yeah, I just didn't expect them to, to to materialize. And then I get another email saying, hey, did you get my last email? I was, oh, sir, are, sir, are, are we still on? Hello. You know? actually doing this. <laughs> yeah. So so I've 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 spaced and we're. Um, uh, it's tough because it's 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 you say yes we say yes to these gigs and then you prepare but there's such trepidation like what if this isn't gonna happen and you can't 
you can't act like it's not going to happen. You got to fully prepare like it's going to. I have to act completely as if this. 17th is 100% a go, yeah. even if on the 16th. And this is a rescheduled date. We were going to do it originally, I think, in June. Mm-hmm. And two days before the gig, that's when uh, the mayor put the, the lockdown notice back on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, so you just – and you're like, I was ready. I was ready. And yeah. I don't know if I'm – that was June. Yeah. Now it's September. Am I ready anymore? Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and if you if you're that little kid with the with the with the, with the tape on his glasses that does homework every day, yeah, you probably be ready, but you might be over ready. That you might be the, you know, yeah. It's, it's there, there, in, a, in a perfect world, it's I, I. There is no moment of getting ready. Like you're just constantly always so in it that everything is just always on, and you're you know where where I can go, I can go up tonight and do an hour and not think twice about it that's the world i want to be back into you know where yeah. it's just shows every night and the ability to adapt and 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 fix things and and switch it around and just dynamically be involved as opposed to we'll sit here and just study really hard for a test that may not happen and that's ugh, yeah so anticlimactic i i, yeah. I think the artists in us don't ever want to be that person to where it's because I, I i play every day i play guitar every day and i'm writing new stuff and um, i'm hoping that we're getting because we're really close to finishing a record right now we're mm-hmm. uh we're going to be at the mixing stage after probably two more visits to the studio yeah, I, there's not much left to do. I mean we're oh, really close. we're really close and we're um uh the, the working we're, we're we're essentially work working as a three-piece right now are that we're we have a fiddle player here in town that's right. that's uh that sits in with us and he's actually one of the best we've ever played with uh which oh, is wow. which is really yeah it's I've seen it, your fiddle players yeah that's not a that's a bold statement yeah that's a i mean yeah we mean but the three of us we're 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 uh eric myself and chad are in where we we work really fast in the studio and it's and and it's it's not it's not a it's not a hurry up thing it's just a cohesive thing to 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 where we 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 just we speak really well musically and streamline that process man that's yeah when when you can get there when when you get there with a group of people that is and the only person i've ever had that with was my brian carrion bc who is uh, another fantastic houston musician but that level of when he's scoring the podcast right now, before that, he was the guy who was editing some of my video stuff and I learned a lot of stuff from. But we would have this, I would say communication. I'd say, I wouldn't know how to physically do what he's doing, right? But yeah. I would have the thought, I'm like, well, if you just move this and it'd go, I think I'm going to move this. It was this perfectly synergistic and it's the same thing with the music. Like he'll just, he'll riff underneath something that I'm talking about and he'll look at me. And I'll look at him and he'll go, all right, let me fix that. And there would be no words. It's just a very efficient, streamlined, we cut out all the bullshit in the middle, which is, and obviously, Chad, you and Patty have this energy for forever, yeah. to just cut out on the unnecessary. You're like, we don't have to spend a week doing this. We can get in there and do this in three hours, yeah. this particular piece. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's, that's so beautiful when you find that. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been unusual. Obviously, we're used to working out our, our arrangements on stage, you know, mm-hmm. night after night. So it's been really interesting. Like you lay down something in the studio, like that's it. <laughs> and you, well, you, because you yeah. don't have a choice, though. The alternative is right. it's, if we don't have if, if we're people who work things out in a live environment, you don't have a live environment. The alternative is quit right. or find a different way to do it. Yeah, it's a and that's just not. There's no way I could sit here for six months or a year any more than you guys. Cause some of us are just made of different stuff. So you do, you figure it out. Cool. We'll do it this way now. 
Right, right. Man. How many? Uh, how many songs? Uh, I don't know. Is it twelve? Eleven or twelve? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. So I'm... And a lot of it is original too, which is weird. Yeah, the first, oh, yeah. The first yeah. one we did was all public domain stuff, and um, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you know, the obvious, the Johnny Cash and the Elvis, which would always seem to find oh, yeah. their way in somewhere. Um, but yeah, this time I think we're only doing a uh, we're only doing one cover, one cover, and then um, well, we've rearranged, no right? Yeah, there's a Spanish lady, Spanish and, uh, lady, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, a couple of couple of Water traditional uh, numbers, but we've 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 beat them so badly that they're they're not. They're, they're unrecognizable to the, you know, <laughs> you know, to, to the, to, to their original form. Well, I don't, I don't know what the original form is and some of this trad stuff, but we're, you know, it's, it's the, 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 the humor in what we do with a lot of tongue in cheek stuff, a lot of stuff that we're just flat out being silly, but then there's a lot of stuff where we're, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's a rock band. And that's why I say we're yep. working as this three piece right now, but with the addition of Eric in, 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 in working with him, it's still new because we haven't had the we haven't had the the chance to go out and play. Right. But the addition of the 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 importance of having humor in your, you know, I talk about it. You know, just you have to have it in the van. You have to have it. You know, in your in your paycheck. You have to have it. You know, in your you know you have to have that stuff. Um, but now when 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 you're when you're working and you're, you're talking about this with BC. When you have that and you're able to work together and have that same joke or same sense of humor, style humor, it makes so much, uh, you know, it just, it's, it, it, it's yeah. everything. Well, when you, when you, when you look at, when you look at what humor is or comedy is, and generally it's a, it's a tension breaking device. It's, that's what makes something, you build tension and then you release it. And that's generally the mechanism that makes humor work. And, when you're when you're utilizing that in places you do it you know on stage all the time any of that banter in between or even in our interpersonal relationships and conversations when when things get tense when there's that moment of you know where everybody that that next thing that comes is so vital and you have to have people who can do that you have to have some you know it's when when my when my dad passed away uh i was in I was at, I was at the hospital down in the med center and uh, at Memorial and you know it was we reached a point where he was he had had a series of strokes he was in a coma there was a point where we had to make a decision and we're all in there as a family and my brothers and my two sisters through his remarriage and my stepmom we're all in this room and you know, we make the decision and it's a we take my dad off life support and it's beep and every I mean you're right there and everybody's crying and I I hug my the brother below me Jeremy I give him this big hug and we're just we're holding each other and his phone my phone goes off in my pocket and just like vibrate just and as we're and he just he just nobody moves and he goes tell me that was your phone <laughs> <laughs> right. so we're pressed up against it tell me that was your phone yeah. and this is. 10 seconds after yeah. the flatline. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was exactly what the moment needed. Yeah. There's no, you know, how long, how long do you sit here and hold this? How long is yeah. this appropriate? How long is it? Everything feels weird. Yeah. And then that happens and him to have the prescience to just pop a punchline in the mix mm-hmm. and you, you laugh for a minute and you're like, it's, it's okay. I'm still capable. Yeah. This is still cool. This yeah. is, and we, we need those people in our lives. Anybody who, gets that about us and can sense, you know, it's the, the, the key to breaking a tense moment is to recognize a tense moment. 
And yeah. if you don't know that there's tension, you certainly can't break it. So I think we need those people who can acknowledge the fact, all right, the situation needs the situation needs its string broken. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfect. I turned this into a psychology. I know. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I'm out of my depths. I want to swim back to a to a I want to swim back to a to a to a to a, mic, or a music stand joke. I, well, there's there's so much there's so much uh, of of the, the the psychology to what we do as performers, and specifically with stand up and how it all works. So I just become this weird closet student of all right. I need to know how their brains work so I can figure out how to trick them. And in the process, I learned how my brain works. And yeah. here we are. <laughs> it, and it, it's true. And it really is. It's it, it, it's not only a, a gift, but it is something that you can tell. It's and, and and I mean this is the 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 biggest compliment I can give you is you have you've done your homework. Uh, not just, not just with, you know, everybody, you know, that you meet, but you've also done your homework on crowds and you've done your homework on your, I mean, you, you've worked inwards, you know, you can tell. And like I said, at the beginning, your honesty is, is what, is what really sets you apart from, cause I, cause I, I remember it was back in the nineties that I would go to comedy clubs regularly and, mm-hmm. and, and it just stopped because the and I'm still I still maintain I still believe this right or wrong I I can't be I can't be moved on this I think there are way too many comics yes and and uh, good I'm glad you answered <laughs> quickly on that I, I really do I I, I think um, uh, yeah it's just it, it's there's far too many of them and there's there's so much chaff that can be you know, eliminated because you know I mean. Just well, you you the over the oversaturation of it sucks, and that's, it, that's it, it sucks say. because I mean, it's it's the playing field's been leveled. Everybody everybody in the world can do what was technologically difficult to do ten or fifteen years ago. Even from a, the standpoint of stand up, you got a lot of these people now that have found YouTube and they're they're doing sketches and they're doing they're making content and it's not unfunny, but then they're trying to go tour behind it. Um, because there is a lot of money to be made and they know that they can sell a $50 ticket to some 12 year old kid and do an all ages show in the afternoon at a comedy club. And then the comedy clubs see that happen and they go, well, if they can do that at three o'clock in the afternoon, we can probably give them a weekend. And then they give that person a weekend because they bring in numbers. And what ends up happening is you end up with a show that is not even stand up. It's someone doing a Q and a with the audience someone doing a sing-along or karaoke of their favorite songs and then some onstage dance-off and they're calling it a show. And it's, it's, it's tragic. Uh, and those are the things that we're up against. Every open micer who, you know, these young kids, you can put your, you put comedian in front of your name on Facebook and you're as qualified as I am in terms of paperwork. You know, there's no formal registration for stand-up comics. Anybody who wants to do it can do it. And that's great, except everybody in the world is opening stages for this. There's coffee mm. shops doing open mics and these doing open mm. mics and bars doing open mics. And it validates all these people. And you end up with a lot of noise and very little signal. Yeah. But that's easier. It's almost, it's, it's so double-edged because it makes for a saturated market, but it also makes for a lot of people interested in stand-up. So mm-hmm. if you're a bad comic and you're getting people interested in stand-up, eventually they're going to find me. And that's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's it's just it's just frustrating because you see a lot of good ideas get done really, really poorly. Um yeah. just because the amount of people doing it. Yeah. That's true. A lot of copies bad. That signal signal to noise ratio you're talking about is it just applies to everything because of the internet now. I mean mm-hmm. Eric, one of Eric's pet peeves is all these the 
musicians or the drummers online who all they do is play in, on Instagram and fucking hate it. They don't have real gigs, you know. And no, that's, no, and that's yeah. it's, it's like it's like that's why I kind of I'm kind of stepping away from social media is because. My feed is just full of these guys in their mom's basements with great cameras, <laughs> shitty sounding drums, and they play along. They play, check out my new drum cover. Why don't you go to hell? Yeah. I don't want to see that. You know, that's not that's not what this is about. It's uh, music is is about playing with other people and getting chicks and and that kind of stuff. It's not about playing with yourself in the basement. Right. That's just my philosophy, right. though. I'm old. <laughs> See, I'm old, and that's how I think. So, yeah. Well, but that's that's been a lot of that's been a lot of this uh, Zoom comedy, if you will, over the last six months. Is that a ton of people have put these shows together with young comics who are stand? They're basically doing this. They're standing in a living room setting like this mm-hmm. with not barely audible anything, you know, one, it'd look dumb if I had the headphones on while I'm doing stand up Two, you know, maybe I can turn something on and hope there's not an echo, but there's lag and there's latency. All of that plays in and you're just some dude in your living room telling jokes to a computer. And I just, I'm not saying that doesn't work and it's not working for some people, but that's not why I do this. There is nothing about me that has a desire to do stand up into a vacuum. I, I do this to perform for live people. Everything past that is is secondary that's that's it so those guys and those guys all those guys can't do what i do at the end of the day let them bang away in their basement let them tell jokes in front of their refrigerator let them write their little sketches uh, it doesn't matter at the end of the day i'm the dude doing the hour at the improv you know right yeah <laughs> right. fuck them <laughs> true there you go true story <laughs> yeah this is man this is so enlightening it's just such a it's a, and, and, and riddle me this now, is there such a thing as a, as a better comedy town than, uh, okay, maybe not town, but is there a, is there a better comedy market? I, I think, I think I know your question. Um, the, what makes a good comedy city is, is, is a good comedy scene. Uh, so I think the places that don't have you know, your big cities, Houston, Chicago, Atlanta, uh, LA, New York, obviously those places have Seattle vibrant scenes. There's, there's clubs everywhere. There's, there's shows everywhere. There's stuff going on and that breeds a lot of comics, but it breeds a lot of interest within the city. As far as the demographic of the city, it, it's, I don't know if one's better than the other. I think it's easier for me to play the South just because I'm from the South. So Houston in my mind is a better comedy city than say Portland where they're, you know, a little more, uh, reserved or uptight or a little crybaby, you know, uh, I don't get that in Houston. Uh, personally, Toronto may be the best comedy city in the world for me. And it's just because it's so metropolitan. Like there's the club I play is at young and egg, like, uh, Eglinton right there, smack in the middle of, uh, of uh, uptown it's just it's it's beautiful and the crowd is so diverse like on any given night it's uh, you could throw a dart and hit someone of any race gender sexuality like it's just that cool and that's where I, that's that's the perfect environment for me any city that gives me that over this homogenous you know fort worth is great but i can only play one real note in fort worth toronto is is magic so yeah those make for better cities, I think. The more, uh, the less homogenous they are. That's that's really interesting. That's 
I, I, again, I might have, if I, if I could have, you know, focused a little longer, I probably could have come up with that answer. <laughs> but uh, it's just, and, and then it, it just as far, I mean, Eric and you are the only, uh, you know, of, of all of us that have played in many, uh, you've toured Europe. Uh, just, I've only been to Oslo. Oh, Norway. Oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, that was a, no, just, just, uh, okay. Norway. it was nice though. It's nice over there and it's late. Yeah. Nor- Norway is a, that was a, when it, when it comes to different ways to be, uh, the Norwegians are just, they've got an entirely different business model. Um, the, and that was very eye opening to me. Like, uh, and I'm not mistaken, maybe you can help me out here, Eric, but the, like, I think you can go to, if you go to school there, they're like the way they treat, uh, failure, for instance, um, here, if you went to school for two years under a certain major and then changed your mind, you know, people, where will you change your mind? You can't stick with anything. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's a very American attitude. And there it's almost applauded. Like, no, you're supposed to be exploring and finding out what you're looking for. Changing majors or, or, or direction. That's it's, it's, it's uplifted. And I think that's just a, it's a totally different mindset. And I don't know if the, the, you know, what they're taxed and how all that works in healthcare and everything, that place could suck. They could eat, you know, crappy fish for the rest of their life and every day could be miserable. But I was there for a week or two and every single, inco- I mean, everyone was happy and smart and, and happy to be participating in a, in a bigger system. And I just think those things, you know, I'm, I'm no economist and I'm no, uh, who knows? I don't know how any of that works. But as a spectator, it's very cool to see a different approach to just life in general. And they have it there. I agree a hundred percent. I felt that we were there for just a long weekend playing a festival and we had a chance to run into Oslo for uh, about 24 hours and just everyone was super cool. They were super chill. You said you were from America. You said you're from Texas and it like opened doors for you when, when I was over there. Cause they, you know, they love, they had this romantic Texas means insane in Norway. They say, uh, they say that's so Texas. Yeah. They had this romantic image of what Texas is. You know, they still think we ride horses and shit over here and, uh-huh. and, 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 but you know, and I'll tell them, yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, super nice people. And I th- you're a hundred percent right when you say like they're in it to win it, you know, they, 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 they get paid more, but they pay more taxes. And from paying those taxes, they have a better quality of life and that makes them happy. You know, it's certainly a, it's certainly a different approach from what we've got going on here, yeah. which is, you know, <laughs> who knows what it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, you know, to answer Patty's question, you know, I was supposed to go to Ireland this year, but somebody fucked Oops. that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys, that tour looks so fun. Yeah. Because y'all do that in what, November? October. October. Usually October. Yeah. We, we like yeah. to do Halloween, Halloween over there where it started, show the people, you know, and, uh, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's, we've, we've, um, we've learned every year, we've learned a little bit more and we've, 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 uh, tightened the screws and the, you know, the, the mechanism of that tour every year. So every year it just becomes a little bit more fun, a little bit more, and, many, and you know, how many years have you doing it? This is going to be the ninth. It'll be the ninth yeah. tour. Yeah. Ne- ne- but yeah, next, next, whenever it is. Yeah, yeah. Next year. But, um, yeah, so we're doing it, we're doing it ourselves. Meaning we're taking off the, the, we're, you know, again, ridding the fluff from yep. the, from the schedule. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a compacted, uh, as far as the schedule goes. We're just going to just tailor it a little bit more towards our tastes so we can, yep. we can have a hands, hands on and, and be, be, be better tour guides 
Oh, because you know, I, I grew up there. So when when we we'd pull into these small towns, and it'd be a linen factory from started in 17 you know oh three wow. and they're i said I, I they're looking at me oh do you know this place i go no i don't know this place and even if i knew it i would <laughs> deny it i would you know thrice deny it but no it was uh, <laughs> it was uh you just you know we don't want to you know look yeah. that stuff up that's the stuff you read about in a you know a little, little little brochure we're going to take you to the right. you know where phil lina you know got the uh you know where, where he met Eric Bell for the first drink before, you know, you know, you know what I mean? We're, uh, we're, Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, oh, you know. that's amazing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll jump on this one when you guys we reschedule were, it. I, I, you know, I've never been to Ireland. I've never been. There that's you go. It. See, well, you of know, all the, uh, all the countries and that's, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like just under half Irish. Like that's actually in the light. This gets very red. Yeah. I'm, uh, and I'm still never been. It's a tragedy. <laughs> so maybe that needs to be on the list. And yeah, I'll you, quiz you about every single linen factory, Patty. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up with a notebook full of linen factory facts <laughs> and location. Yeah. And I'll and give you. Point. And I'll give you alternate facts. That's what I'll do. <laughs> I will. I, I will gladly. I will gladly impart with my knowledge. And uh, uh, you thought, wow, everything, everything, uh, 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 you know, revolves around sex objects to you, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> These all you, every linen place used to be a brothel? Everyone? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we're, we're man, I, well, I tell you, th- this, this can go on and on and on. But I got to tell you, we got to, uh, um, so I, I wrote it in my calendar as we were, as we were doing this. So. September 17th. Yeah. Improv. Dude, I'll put you guys on the guest list. Nope. Please come out. And, no guest uh, list. No guest see, list. Yeah, see what, see what I'm up to, man. I'm yeah, having yeah. a, I'm, yeah. I'm really Love I'm to. feeling feisty. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. And, and, and like I said, we've, we've, uh, we, you know, this is, uh, this is one of those, you know, the, 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 the bittersweet is that we're, that we're, that we're not working, but you know, I have time now to come see a, a show, you know, like, and and catch you in town. I mean, it's just it's oh. you know because I'm on your Twitter and uh, you know I see your uh, I I don't use Facebook as much as I You're probably should, nothing. but yeah. Um, but you know over um over on Twitter I see I, you know see that you're out you know moving around and just nonstop and yeah, I, man. I just I, I want us all to get back to that as fast as possible and. Uh, Brother, amen to that. Yeah, that is. Uh, we 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 all need our stages. It is yeah. a. It it is just vital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. Before we all end up with real jobs, <laughs> that's what I feel like. I feel like too many of these people are, are are in this situation where it's you waited it out as long as you could. You know, mercifully, I've been you know I've set some savings aside and I prep for moments like this in the. But not everybody's going to come out of this, and I you know that may solve our too many comedians problem, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and again, with with the with the with bands and stuff like that, you know, we have the the PAs, and we have all this, you know, we have all this overhead, and we have to. to I mean, essentially, you can get in there, you can you know, put your toothbrush in your lapel, and you know, and and, and board a plane, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the beautiful part to what what I do is that worst case, if none of my stuff shows up, I I always wear a stage ready shirt or keep one in my backpack. And uh, I can just walk off the plane and go straight up if I have to. Yeah. That's a, you guys with the gear and the setup and the, oh, uh, it's <laughs> just a, 
So I don't miss that part. I would, I happily won't lug anything around if I don't, and, and not have anybody to blame for the, uh, for the bad rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> no equipment, nobody to blame stuff on. Yeah. Yin and yang. Yeah. Well, I tell you, man, I, I just, I, I've enjoyed this tremendously. And I want, I, I want to, um, you know, I want to uh, talk next time about the, about the book and, and the new book too. Dude, I am. I will. I will come on and sit in with you guys anytime you want me. This uh, you are always a fun conversation. You're good friends. I enjoy it. Thanks, well, likewise. Man. And but we need to have you come in here. We, we we've done it now with a, with a few people. We've had some people call in and whatnot. But you need to come in here. We need to have coffee. We need to. We mm-hmm. need to. Yes. Put faces in it. And because- yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. I'll come in. I'll sit in. We'll drink some coffee. And then uh, when you guys, when the new record gets ready or whatever, uh, come jump on the whiskey brothers. And you don't have to drink. We'll just uh, we'll talk it up. We'll cut up and uh, we'll play some of the music. Oh, oh, the, we'll, fantastic. We'll drink. <laughs> we'll drink. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's. Uh, we we record at my place. It's, it's huge. I got plenty of space. Uh, y'all, y'all are welcome. We record on Monday nights. We'll set something muffins, up. Any muffins? Awesome, oh, muffins. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, glazed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I'm I'm vegan. Oh, <laughs> man, that's beautiful. Listen, I, I I can't thank you enough. Good. It tastes like pineapples. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I need a nap. Thrown <laughs> out at home. Look at how we ended this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two-hour great conversation. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful. Well, my, my 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 friend continues success. We're, I'm going to see you on the 17th. Hopefully, we can. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're coming to the improv, and we're gonna we're gonna put all absolutely. the links in, in in the show notes and whatnot. And uh, I, I I can't thank you enough. I know that we've we've. Uh, We've spoken many times on on uh, online and and in, uh, also I forgot too we were uh, water. <laughs> yeah yeah you ran across uh, we ran across each other as, as I was throwing my kayak in the in the floods after uh, it was perfect yeah God and we're still do we're still do we got a cool front coming up man so I'm still down for a uh, Bayou kayak trip and uh, yes. we, we got all kind of stuff we need to catch up while we're here yeah yeah no joke so. Uh, so Sladeham, we are we're, we're we're honored beyond beyond words to have you on, and, and it won't be the last time. We're gonna, you know, like I say, we're gonna have to bring you in here and 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 you yeah, know, happily, yeah, we get the get the ring set up and love it. There you go, I love it. Perfect. Con- continue you success. Guys have to introduce me to Eric in uh, person on the seventh. Yes, there we go. I hope you can make it behind yeah. the plexiglass. Yeah, <laughs> yes, from a distance. The spit guard, yeah. But yeah, man, continued success. And, and like I said, we just can't wait to, to, to do this again. This has been tremendously fun. And, uh, you're a, you're a, you're, you're a, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an honor to know you, but also just, it's, uh, I just feel, you know, I, I, I just feel like it's, um, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, um, it's just very nice to share the same town as, as, as you. It's, it's, uh, you know, amen to that. Yeah, glad we're, you're uh, here, my friend. Yeah, we got to rep each other. We're a we're a, we're a we're a good part of a vibrant scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, both of us. You know, you guys and what I do, and I'm happy that our paths cross a little bit. And uh, let's just let's keep leaving a mark, shall we? Yeah, that's. A, I'll leave to that. I'll leave a stain anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> I should have phrased that better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Slade Ham, thank you so much. You're a you're, you're a gem, and we will we will chat soon. Thank sure. you so much, brother. Thanks, Slade. Thank you guys so much. I'm uh, we'll we'll chat before the seventeenth for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. We'll thank you. Right. Much love. All right, see you, man. Likewise, thank you.
Peace. Well, what a what a, what a great that was fun. That was awesome. Yeah. What a great yeah. yeah. But but again, everything that you everything you hear is it's it's meticulous. You know, it, it, he grooms himself for this stuff. I mean, it just life doesn't pass him by. He 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 takes it and, and yeah. spits it out through a filter. And well, and the thing that I that I found interesting was that he said um, that Slade said was. Um, you know, it's like the guys like the Bill Burrs and the Chris Rocks and the, and those guys are just being honest. You know, they're not up there telling. So a guy walks into a bar, they're not telling that kind of shit. They're actually telling stuff that happens to them or someone that they know and they can relate it to folks like us. You know, that that's where that's real comedy. Real comedy is real life. Yeah. Because if not, it's a fucking tragedy. But <laughs> so... But, you know, that kind of, and he's that kind of comic. It sounds, I mean, I don't know his stuff yet, but it just hearing him talk, he's like, I'm going to be honest about what's happening and he's going to make it funny. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not telling a not, not joke. He's actually talking about real life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, cool. and, and, you know, the, the, and the well-traveled and well-traveled sometimes just means a lot of stamps on your passport. He's well-traveled in that he takes the time for every destination Sure. To, to become part of it. David Lee Roth always said, have you guys ever heard of David Lee Roth? Um, he's, uh, he always says that what, you know, his, his paramedic training, his... Uh, Living in Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, his, and his martial arts and his... He says, everything that you hear is in my voice. Yeah. Everything, he takes everything to, to, to be part of his, you know, to, to be part of his toolbox. And then he acts the tool, you know, he acts the, you know, he... he, he acts the tool? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. He's, he he takes his life experiences and he's and he sings them through his through his art and it's, and it's a. But Slade is that caliber of. Uh, I'm just showing you that I know. I know you know, but I just you know his comedy level is just so high, and his personal level is, is it's the same. He he puts the he puts the same into life as he does into his art. And it's yeah. You in a hurry? Uh, what time is it? It's almost noon. Right, it's twelve fifteen. Okay, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up pretty quick here. Yeah, yeah we can. Okay. Well, I still gotta tell my Crown Royal story. Oh yeah, but let's, that'll be next week. Let's, next uh, week, right? That'll be next week. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. You gotta go. Okay. I, gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've been here long. I, I gotta go. <laughs> okay. um, we were talking about something right before that episode. Put a bow on it. Eighty three. All right, so let's put a bow on this right now, and we'll just. All right. Put on. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you again next week. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, don't forget to uh, to get Slade's book and to uh, yeah tune in next week. And thank you for listening. And thank you for all the nice comments that we've had. We'll get to that as well next week for uh, all the questions we had and whatnot. So we'll get to that. And thank you all for listening. We're very very excited. To, and thank you to Slade. And thank you to Eric C Hughes and Chad C Smalley and uh, and whomever else might be listening. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Cheers, y'all. Bye.